Zechariah, chapter 5, and verse 1. Then I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a flying roll. Now this is the sixth in a series of prophetic visions received by Zechariah. And in this vision, the prophet sees a flying roll. He sees flying through the sky an enormous unfurled roll of parchment. Verse 2, and he said unto me, what seest thou? I answered, I see a flying roll, the length thereof is 20 cubits and the breadth thereof 10 cubits. Now the angel who is interpreting Zechariah's visions now speaks to him. Zechariah tells him that he sees this roll of parchment, 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. So the unfolded scroll is around 30 feet by 15 feet. Now, interestingly, these are the very dimensions of the porch of the temple, from which it was customary to read out the words of God's law. The unfurled condition of the parchment indicates that its contents are being publicly proclaimed for everyone to hear. This vision is literally the word of God written in the sky. We should always regard the word of God in this light as being a universal proclamation which men must pay heed to and which they ignore at their peril. Think of the town crier of old standing in the marketplace sounding his bell making an important Announcement. Hear ye, hear ye. Well, God is calling out to rebellious men today. Hear my words. And the fact that this roll with the word of God on it is flying through the air speaks of God coming swiftly to carry out what he has said he will do to carry out the judgments that he has threatened. Now, to see this enormous banner flying through the air would have been an awesome sight indeed. Remember how the king of Babylon, Belshazzar, once saw miraculous writing on the wall of his palace. And when he saw 
this writing, which was the word of God, it made him terrified. And likewise, the writing on this flying roll of parchment in Zechariah's vision is designed to humble the wicked and to make them tremble. So the interpreting angel explains the significance of this roll of parchment flying through the air. Verse 3. Then said he unto me, This is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. For every one that stealeth shall be cut off, as on this side according to it. And every one that sweareth shall be cut off on that side according to it. Now, here we have a reference to the word earth. And in this particular context, uh, it means the land of Israel, because that's the focus of these words. The principles apply to every nation, but the particular focus of Zechariah's vision is the land of Israel. The Hebrew word for earth and land is is, is the same word, and one has to decide from the context uh, which is the right uh, meaning in any one situation. So it is to the people of Israel that the words on the flying roll are directed, although the principles apply to the whole earth. But there is no corner of the land where anyone can escape to. God's law is written on one side of the parchment and also on the other side. So wherever men are, they will be able to look up and read. They cannot say, I I could not read it, It it was on the other side. And this is teaching us that God's judgment is universal and all embracing, and that no one is without any excuse for having ignored God's word. All are responsible to take heed of the word of God in our day, in our generation, in our land. And this role of parchment is described as God's curse. God's curse upon those who have broken his commandments. And there is a particular reference here to those who steal and to those who swear false oaths using God's name. So particular emphasis is being placed here upon the people breaking the third, the H and the Ninth Commandments. These were the prevailing problems within Israelite society in Zechariah's day. But the flying roll with God's word written upon it, of course, also represents the whole of God's law. And to live in defiance of God's commandments is to come under 
his curse. This is the curse, verse 3, that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. And then we have reference to three of the ten commandments. We read in Proverbs 3, verse 33, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Here then is a vivid reminder to the returned captives. They've come from Babylon, resettling in the promised land, that they cannot expect the Lord to prosper them in their new life back in the land unless they are obedient. They have been gloriously delivered from captivity. But they cannot expect further blessing in restoring their ruined country unless they honour God with all of their hearts. And likewise today, a Christian profession is meaningless unless there is a wholehearted embracing of God's law and a positive delight in being obedient to his law. And so a true Christian is one who delights in keeping God's commandments. Uh, This is what the Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew 7 and verse 19. Matthew 7 verse 19. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now let us think of our own day. The Lord is, as it were, spreading his word across the sky. When we go and preach in the open air, the Lord is, as it were, spreading his word across the sky. Take heed, everyone. He's declaring to our nation, take heed. Because in defying my commandments, the nation puts itself under the curse of God. And that is how serious our own national predicament is right now. We are under the curse of God. And that is why the remnant of God's faithful people has to stand up to the evils of society. We cannot remain quiet. We cannot adopt the attitude, well, I'm not going to be tarnished by the world, so I'll just stay inside my church. We have to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now we read in verse 4 here. I will bring it forth, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter into the house of the thief, and into the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name. And it shall remain in the midst of his house, and shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. So 
the Lord is speaking about his curse. His curse upon disobedience cannot be avoided. There will be no refuge from it. And let not the wicked think that they can carry on enjoying the fruits of their wickedness. God's judgment will find them out, even in their own homes. So Zechariah sees this great banner flying across the sky. And on it is written, not God loves you, but God's warning to disobedient men. And he is declaring the wages of sin is death. The consequence of sin is eternal death. Sin leads to hell. That is the message we are called publicly to proclaim. God will rapidly execute his decree upon the wicked and none will escape. That is the message of this vision. And he will bring rottenness into the house of the man who defies him. It shall remain in the midst of his house and shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. People today need desperately to take seriously God's warnings. And it's very sad that there are many in the churches who actually argue that we should not issue any warnings at all because it puts people off. Is that a biblical approach? God is not mocked. Sin always catches up with men in the end. Now, although this message, which is signified by the flying roll, speaks of God's curse, it does not represent complete disaster for the nation. Because as the land is purged of its wickedness, so then the Lord can return to the people with his blessing. You see, God only warns of judgment so that he can then subsequently bless when the warning is listened to. So when God warns of judgment, it is with a motivation of grace and mercy. Verse 5. Then the angel that talked with me went forth and said unto me, Lift up now thine eyes and see what is this that goeth forth. Verse 6, and I said, what is it? And he said, this is an ephah which goeth forth. This is an ephah which goeth forth. The Lord Jesus Christ now reveals to Zechariah a further vision because it's the eternal son of God speaking to Zechariah. Zechariah sees some kind of receptacle a vessel, a container, some kind of large jar, the sort of 
container which would be used to measure grain. And it is called an ephah, uh, which is a Hebrew unit of dry capacity. So the word ephah is actually a, a measurement, um, a unit to measure quantity. Uh, in our reckoning of liquid measures, an ephah equals about five gallons or 22 litres. So this receptacle or ephah is seen moving, rising up and going forth. What does this signify? This great container rises up and goes forth. We also read here in verse 6, he said, moreover, this is their resemblance through all the earth. So the Lord explains to Zechariah what the ephah actually symbolizes. He says that it resembles or depicts the condition of Israel throughout the whole length and breadth of Israel. The word earth here, again, can have a particular reference to the promised land, although the principles apply to the whole world. The Israelites, under God's curse, resemble grain gathered up into a heap and enclosed in a measuring container for removal. So that's the picture. Israel equals gathered up grain placed into a container ready to be removed. This represents Israel in a state of rebellion against God being measured up for judgment. The people are being measured up for judgment. That is why Zechariah has a vision of a measuring container. Every defiance of the God of perfect justice is a measuring up for condemnation. Now this again reminds us of God's decree of judgment against King Belshazzar. He was mocking the God of Israel at a great banquet with his friends. He was mocking the one true God. Now we read this in Daniel 5 and verse 22 and the following verses. Daniel 5, 22. This is the message which has to be delivered to Belshazzar. Daniel 5, 22. O Belshazzar, thou hast not humbled thine heart, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, which see not nor hear nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy woes, hast thou not glorified. Therefore God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it, Thou art weighed in the balances 
and art found wanting. Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Verse 27. Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So there we see that Belshazzar has been measured up by God. Prepared for judgment. By his gross idolatry he has been storing up God's wrath. In his royal banquet he has publicly blasphemed Israel's God. Now this filled up the measure of his iniquities. This meant that the measuring container was filled to the brim. And now is the time for it to be carried off and disposed of. The wrath of God immediately came down upon Belshazzar. He lost his kingdom and his own life that very same night. Zechariah's vision here continues in verse 7. And behold, there was lifted up a talent of lead. And this is a woman that sitteth in the midst of the ephah. Now this talent of lead is the lid of the vessel. The top of the container which comprises the measure of an ephah. The lid itself, we are told, weighs one talent. Now a talent was equivalent to about six and a half stone or 41 kilograms. So for a five gallon container, this is a very heavy lid, very heavy covering. Zechariah sees the lid of the ephah being removed. And there rises up from inside it an immoral looking woman. Verse 8. And he said, this is wickedness. And he cast her into the midst of the ephah. And he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth thereof. So the angel now explains to the prophet what is depicted by this woman. She is, <clears throat> she is the personification of Israel's wickedness. And she's now in the vision cast into and confined inside the ephah, the measuring jar. And this represents God's punitive action against the whole nation in all its defiance of him. So the woman is being confined inside this container, this ephah, which represents God's curse. She is being confined to a horrible darkness. And the lead weight on top of the container shows us that the judgment of God cannot be resisted. Verse 9. Then lifted up. I mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came out two women, and the wind was in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the ephah between the earth 
and the heaven. Now, Zechariah, in his vision, sees two more women, but they are totally different from the first woman that he has just seen. These women have wings. They are, in fact, angels appearing in the form of women who are all pure. What a stark contrast to the immoral woman confined inside the ephah. The wind in these angels' wings speaks of their rapid movement. And their wings being like those of a stork shows that they have strength to do their appointed task, which is to lift up from the earth the container with the woman, the immoral woman, trapped inside it. It's the angel's job to lift it up. And as we have said, this woman depicts the nation in all its rebellion against God. And so the Lord now commands his angels to take the woman away, confined and imprisoned as she is within the ephah. Verse 10, Then said I to the angel that talked with me, Whither do these bear the ephah? And he said unto me, To build it an house in the land of Shinar, and it shall be established and set there upon, upon her own base. So quite naturally, Zechariah wonders, what does this signify? The angels lifting up the ephah and carrying it away to a place called Shinar. What does this mean? Remember, the immoral woman is inside the container. Well, it is to be removed to the place of judgment, which is called the land of Shinar. And this is to be the permanent residence of the immoral woman. That is the meaning of the words, it shall be established and set there upon her own base. This is going to be her permanent place of residence. In other words, the woman's judgment will be fixed and final. And this will be in the land of Shinar. Now, Shinar is another name for Babylon. And is, for Israel, the place of recent judgment. And so, Shinar is associated in the people's minds with the place of judgment. And this is where this immoral woman is to be taken and kept. Who does the immoral woman represent? The nation. So here is a warning to the captives who have not long ago returned from Babylon that they could yet come under further and more permanent judgment. There will be no return. If they go back to their former disobedient ways, then God will build them a permanent residence in a land of captivity, of slavery. 
They will no longer be his covenant people. They will continually be outcast. So the returned captives must not think that they can again rebel against the Lord with impunity just because they're now back in the promised land. Rather, this woman being confined by a lead weight and the container that she is placed in being removed to the land of Shina, it's all a reminder to the people that a house or place of judgment will be permanently established for the nation if they do not repent. There will be a final and irreversible national judgment if there is no repentance. Now this vision was first delivered in the 6th century BC. But it is speaking to us today with exactly the same force. Because there continues to be a place of dark, horrid and eternal confinement to which all the unrepentant will go. All who defy the Lord Jesus Christ. So this vision is speaking to our nation today. There continues to be that which is depicted here by the immoral woman trapped in the measuring container, namely a Christ-rejecting world of unbelief, which just like a harlot allures and entices the majority of mankind. Most people in our contemporary society have fallen for this wicked woman's empty charms. They have fallen for the God-rejecting spirit of the age. So most so-called sophisticated people in contemporary society are pro-LGBT, they are pro-abortion, and they think that there's a climate change emergency and they support ever increasing state control over our lives to deal with that emergency we live in a world which has been taken over by the false philosophies of the day most people have embraced the doctrines of cultural marxism liberal secularism in its hostility to Bible-believing Christianity. At the moment, in the United States of America, because there's been a suggestion that Roe v. Wade might be reversed and that abortion might be made illegal, American society is raging, literally raging, that there is this prospect of the freedom to abort being taken away. And do you know who the target of all their anger is? It's the Christians. They are furious with the churches. Those who believe the Bible in the churches. And tragically, 
even within churches, many have allowed themselves to be enticed by this subtle, alluring, immoral woman who is trapped inside this container. It's the spirit of the world. That's what she represents. The God-rejecting spirit of the world. And so most people around us today have been deceived. They really do think, as they reject the Christian revelation, that they are broad-minded, progressive, tolerant people. They think they're far more tolerant than us narrow-minded, bigoted Christians. And so they bow down at the altar of the world's political correctness and they defy the commandments of God. That's the kind of world we live in. But this vision of Zechariah is teaching us that there is coming a day when the Lord Jesus Christ will transport all the rebels away to the place of judgment, as depicted by this measuring jar with its heavy lead covering. The immoral woman trapped inside shows that sinners will not escape. God is measuring up for judgment those today who reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've also seen that Zechariah has observed a roll of parchment flying through the sky. On it is the word of God, and the word of God pronounces a curse upon the people. This great banner flying through the sky declares that the Lord will bring rottenness into the house of those who defy him. His curse will consume the house with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. Judgment is inevitable. God is not mocked. Now, this is all in the context of the further truth that God does not desire to condemn anyone. He longs that all might turn from their wickedness and live. He has no delight in condemnation. And so the reality is that those only will be condemned who through their own willfulness reject the mercy offered to them in Jesus Christ. There will be no one lost on the day of judgment who could not have been saved by Jesus Christ. But we're being taught here that this wonderful mercy will not be on offer forever. And so there is also a warning here, a stark warning. There is, as it were, a great banner flying across the sky today. And it tells of God's curse upon all who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. The wicked man's house will not be a place of refuge for him. 
Today, every non-believer is also being warned by this vision of a measuring jar being carried by two angels through the air to the place of judgment, the land of Shinar. And God is saying to men today, this is you inside the measuring jar, going to the place of judgment, and you cannot escape. You are trapped unless you believe the gospel, unless you repent of your sin, unless you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are trapped in that measuring jar which is going to the place of judgment. So it is good to keep firmly in our minds the flying roll of parchment with the word of God on it, God's curse, and the flying container, the ephah, containing the trapped woman. God's word is as a great banner emblazoned across the sky. It is telling all people that without repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, they are under the curse of God. That's how serious it is. Unless they flee from the wrath to come into the arms of the Saviour, they are trapped and confined and cannot escape, having filled up the measure of their sins. All such are outside of the kingdom of God. They are in the house of judgment. There is no escape from that place of judgment. So does this not bring home to us what an urgent task we have to proclaim the glorious gospel to those who are in danger of being trapped forevermore? Amen.